everyone welcome back to the mission 300 podcast we hope that you are still keeping your new year's resolutions we're recording this in february and you're hopefully listening to it in february and at this point you've probably given up on your resolutions and this has nothing to do with our topic today but if you have given up on them pick them back up it's okay what we actually want to talk about the real stuff in this episode uh brian and his family they recently took a little trip um to kind of you know, a little mini vacation, get away from things, have some fun. And sometimes, and I don't know if this happens to you guys or not, but sometimes it's kind of annoying how God will ruin those vacations where you're just trying to have a great relaxing time, not think about things. And he'll just drop these deep revelations on you with some of the seemingly mundane things that you're doing or some of the just fun, relaxing things that you're doing. He'll interrupt that great time. And he'll drop some knowledge and wisdom on you. And so there's some things that uh, Brian and his family have been talking about and experiencing recently from that trip. And we want to get into that. So do you guys want to give a little bit of backstory as to what you were doing or what made this stuff come up in the first place? Yeah, so we had an opportunity with a couple of families and we were blessed to be able to go on a little dive trip and we were able to get certified in diving. And in that time... Uh, just so you know, my ear is still clogged from diving and, um, I guess there is some residual effects from the experience. Uh, but during the time, there's so many little things that started just really standing out to me and little life lessons that I don't think I would have ever learned until you step in and experience something, uh, like, like this of entering a completely different world. There's a completely different set of rules. There's a completely different way to understand. There's a completely different way to function, which is so different than how we live on the land and then how you function underwater. And you had to learn very specific rules in order for you to stay alive. I violated one of those such rules on my way up, which is why my ear is still clogged. Um, Cause there's a, I came up too fast on one of the dives and here I am. And it's very interesting how there's such a technicality to it. But my bigger point is when we live, think about how many times like God will say something in the Bible or he'll speak something to our heart. And then we have to go and try to read another book or go ask someone else if this is okay. Like, like we ask all these whys to this direction that he's giving. And it's not that he won't answer why. But there's a timing to the why. And I remember we were standing and we were starting the training and our uh, the instructor we had, he was really good. And he had someone else with him that was learning how to be a dive instructor. So during the time there was four of us in the group, he's walking through the process and being very methodical. Why? Because he's responsible for our life underwater and our enjoyment. Like it's both. It's not just so we can live, it's also that we can enjoy and maximize the experience of being underwater. And I think that one was uh, something that really stood out to me. But I remember this guy that was kind of his assistant, he started helping one of the other uh, students. I call us students, so we're all students, we're all learning, right? So he's helping one of the other uh, young men in our group uh, with, his, with his mask and stuff. And as the instructor's talking, over on the side, this other guy, the assistant, is talking to one of the students. 
And all of a sudden the instructor looked at him and said, you don't talk when I'm talking. And it was kind of like this step back for a moment going, well, that was kind of rude, right? But it wasn't. And the guy said, well, I was, I'm just showing him how to do the mask. He goes, you don't talk when I'm talking. And then he went back on to walking us through. And I was really pondering that for a while because he wasn't being rude and he wasn't trying to be offensive. But what he was trying to lay out, when I'm talking, I'm the only source of information. There is no other source of information but me because he's responsible for that dive. So if all of a sudden that other student starts looking to the assistant for advice, it will disrupt the flow of what the instructor is trying to bring about. And that was the whole point. You don't listen to anyone else but me on this dive. And this happened too with uh, the group that Valerie was in is there was a lot of people that had already experienced diving that were offering advice to everything. And Valerie found herself looking to, because she was comfortable with them. She knew them. And the instructor said, you don't listen to anybody else. You only listen to me. Doesn't matter what they're saying. I listen to what I'm saying. So let's just leave that just right there. Why did that matter? And I think those are the things that started standing out to me because we are entering a world that we're not accustomed to. And there will be times that you will get fearful. There will be times that you could panic and there would be times that you that you will uh, you need to know how to deal with a problem that's underwater without panicking and without breathing too much. And if you're listening to every other voice, you won't know what to do and you won't understand what your instructor is seeing and trying to instruct to you. And I thought this was just a really a, a powerful truth of how we do such the opposite, even when it comes to God. We go to everyone that's familiar. And even those that have never been a dive instructor that is responsible for the lives of other people going underwater, we will go to someone else who is more quote unquote informed or had an experience with it. And we get their experience. We get their information. They tell us what they did and how they did it. And then we wonder why the instructor, we're not connecting to the instructor. And I thought how much, I mean, we've talked about this before, like even when it comes to God, we know so much about has been written about him. But when you come to someone who's just actually listening to what he said, it's it's kind of like that verse, be anxious for nothing, right? But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So we're not supposed to be anxious. Or if it says, don't worry about tomorrow. Then all of a sudden someone will come along and say, yeah, but you got to be wise with that. Well, how do you be more wise than what the wisdom is that it's telling you to do? And so I just thought it was really profound how much we can learn from, uh, how much I learned from doing this experience of entering completely into a foreign world with a completely different set of rules. And you have to understand those rules and that process. And you need to have an instructor or a guide or quote unquote, a source of life that you only listen to in that navigation because then you can fully appreciate what you're doing. And I, I just really took away a lot from that metaphor. And so I guess kind of what I wanted to open up today is how do we, God, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. So he's the only way. So how do we get back to the point or to the point that his voice is the only one that matters in the time of instruction? 
kind of want to just add on to this with uh, two Bible verses that I thought about on this concept of who's teaching you and how you're learning information. Because the first verse is in Luke 6, 40. And Jesus basically says up front, a disciple is not above his teacher, but when everyone will be fully trained, changed, trained will be like his teacher. And nothing, like you won't be above your teacher. You'll be exactly like your teacher, right? If you're fully trained in everything. So do we want to be spending our time listening to, like, if we look and we try and be trained by someone else, that's not our teacher, then we'll be, like, that's not God himself. Then we'll be fully trained in that person and you'll never reach the max. And I kind of think about it like there's a timeline of like how long it takes to grow into becoming like the exact of God, right? And maybe you never get there. Maybe you do. I think there's some verses that say work hard to be that, right? And so who knows? Maybe maybe it's like you can try and get as close as you can. But if you think of it as a big timeline with a percentage where zero is you're nothing like your teacher and 100 is like you are like your teacher exactly like Jesus and it takes your entire life for example to get there we would progress faster just listening to Jesus than if we followed one teacher and I feel like it's also a concept of like just following Jesus like Paul says he didn't receive the gospel from any man, but he received it through the direct revelation of Jesus Christ. And three years he went through that. And then he met anyone biblically sound, like the disciples and stuff. And he learned all of it from Jesus himself. And so I think there's a lot that can be taken away from just taking your learnings from Jesus. And then also adding maybe other teachings on the side. Let me give a little context to this too, for the listeners. So, and I don't, I don't think we're going to go down this too much, but I, we're doing this from the context of someone who knows how to hear the voice of God. We've done some episodes on that in the past to where it's, there's a lot of questions on how do I hear God's voice? How do I know what his will is? And all those things are incredibly important. So if you haven't kind of wrestled with that and let that settle, then go back into the archives and listen to those. But once that's settled, I think it's it's a really interesting paradigm to look at going directly to Jesus, directly to the Father as the source of information that kind of, I think in practice, it goes a bit contrary to what we're used to doing, not just in church, but in society as a whole. We have the source of information that gets passed to one person who hears it, to pass it to another person that hears it. And it's almost like this pyramid scheme of information to where by the time it gets to you, it's a copy of a copy. It's a headline of an article that you get the gist of. And I wonder how unreliable that is. And if we could just realize, wait, I can actually go to the source. I think we understand that's the best thing to do. But then in practice, why do we always listen to the friend that just got done 
doing a deep dive for the first time in their life. And now they're the experts. So we can listen to their advice instead of the instructor who's been doing it for years and years and years. Well, I think this is good. So let's put this, let's put this into a, let's just use this whole metaphor since I opened up the can of worms. So at no point are we saying we don't need other teachers at no point are we saying we don't need pastors, evangelists, prophets, apostles, uh, all those things are gifts to the body. So let's just put it into a, a better picture. Your friend comes to you with an amazing experience diving and they want you to experience diving. So they're the evangelist and they're getting you to want to go do diving. And so it's through that that you end up on a trip to go diving. Now, on the trip, you have the, the guy who's running the boat. He's the one taking you to the location where you're going to go do the diving. He's the one who's, in, in a way, foresaw where the experience is going to be that's better, like the prophet. He's saying something that's coming up in advance. He's saying what the, what the, the weather's going to be like, uh, how you're going to navigate it, da, da 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 But the evangelist and the prophet are not training you. They're just, they're doing their role of getting you. And the prophet showing you where you're going to go, kind of like that that navigation, those little navigation points. Then you have the person who sets up the dive business. They decide to set up the dive business so we could take people to that place. That's the apostle. He's setting up the dive business and, and establishing those, those pieces. But then you have the pastor. He's the one that is... Uh, responsible for the whole group. Like at the end of the day, he's making sure from a dive, from a dive point of view, the paperwork's done. Uh, everyone's fit. There's no other personal stuff going on. That's going to hinder that experience. He's the one you go to when your ears aren't working and how do we navigate through that? So, so you have that function and then you have the teacher who's the one that's actually showing you the process in order to experience all those other things. All right. So you, you can have, you need all those pieces working. Okay. But what is the end goal of all of them? The end goal for all of them is for you to experience a world that you have not been into before. Right. So at the end of the day, the way all this is set up, there's a, there's a master dive certification program that that's how you're certified so your certification works anywhere in the world because you're certified it's an internationally known certification but all those those pieces are functioning i bring back down to the one instructor because in that moment before you get into the water and you're going to go on this there's this process the teacher is walking you through and you need to listen to that person. If you're just listening to the prophet, that'll be great. But because you don't know how to get into the water, it's irrelevant. You can just listen to the one who had this amazing experience, but if you don't do it right, you won't have that amazing experience. You can listen to the one that's just caring about your well-being. That's good. But if you don't know what you're going to be doing once you get in, you, you, it will have no benefit. All you'll do is sit on the boat and be healthy. You still never make it into the water. So you need all these pieces working. So I say all that you need the whole body. 
It's not like I'm only going to listen to God and I won't listen to another human being. But those, all those offices are gearing you so you can hear from the one that is driving that. So the, the main purpose of why you're diving to begin with is to experience that new world, correct? So in a sense, the kingdom of God, Jesus is the one that you're trying to connect to. That's the main point. So you have these offices that are bringing you to hear him. And then once you get experienced in that, you still listen, you, you hear the other offices because you need each other. But at the end of the day, you're responsible now to that one voice. So that's my metaphor of the whole picture. That's good. I kind of want to add on to like um, how you do need the teachers and you do need all that stuff. Like how I've kind of seen it is I started off having 100% of my information I learned directly from teachings and sermons and things like that. And I was getting a lot out of it, but there was an extent where there was a vast amount of the Bible that I didn't know. And I just had no idea about because all of my information was coming from one source that didn't talk about every single thing in the entire Bible. Right. And so eventually I started realizing that I needed to cut it to a majority of the time needs to be directly from the Bible. And then maybe a 10% is from sermons, right? And I learned so much quicker and so much better that way, but I still needed the sermons because there was stuff I wouldn't have learned unless I had that direct teaching from the sermons, you know? Like there's still insane revelations that you get from other people, but you can't get 100% of your information from just sermons because they're usually on a dedicated topic and you'll never learn the entire Bible that way, you know? And I'll, since me, me and David were the ones on the trip, we're probably going to be <laughs> speaking to this a little bit more. But I, I think what fascinates me is at the end of the day, all the offices matter. But really, the whole goal is to get you into the water. And I think sometimes if we just, if we don't, Jesus is getting into the water. When, when you connect to him, you're actually getting into the water, experiencing all that. But I did find something that was very interesting, how different things motivated me. Like I discovered after doing the dives, eh, it was pretty cool being underwater. But uh, I think a good video and an aquarium would suffice. Like it, it wasn't so spectacular to me. It wasn't. The thing that motivated a lot of people to go diving, like the beauty, uh, the nature, all of that stuff, it, it didn't do it for me. I, I just, to be honest with you, I know someone's going to say, what do you mean you missed out? What, what did it for me was the adventure of getting the certification and to be able to overcome my, my ear issue. And uh, I had one experience, like my ear went pop. So I didn't want to go the second day because I didn't want to hear the popping because all I thought of was being a, a kid on an airplane when your ear didn't pop and how bad that hurt when you're coming down. And so I, I just didn't want that experience. And my 
the instructor was brilliant. And, and this was like one of the most best pastoral teacher, I don't know, teacher, pastor thought process I had ever heard. Now, the, the, the main guy who runs the operation said, well, we could try another day, but if you don't go do your next dive, we can't certify you, but we can try one more day. And I'm like, well, that's a bummer because I didn't come this far not to get certified. So it's like, ugh. But then when I went to the instructor, he said, listen, just get in the water. If you can't go down below your first bar, the first uh, three meters, just stay up keep an eye on us and just stay with us as we go. And then you're still getting your dive in and then just stay there. And if your ear doesn't pop, don't do anything. Well, what it did for me is it invited me back into the water without worrying about my ear. I want you to picture this, this really just kind of blew me away. So when I got in the water, they started going down. So I thought, well, maybe I'll just try. Well, all of a sudden it actually felt better to be underwater than it did above. So as I started going down, my ear was popping. It did all the things it needed to do and it actually felt better. And I ended up going all the way down and I was with them the whole time. And when I came up, I go, yeah, it felt better. He goes, he knew it would feel better. But if he told me it will feel better underwater, I was not going to get, I don't believe you. And I thought, what a, what a great example of pastoral. It's like, I just want to get you in the water and everything else, you'll be drawn into where we're at if I can just get you into the water. And you're fine that it won't, won't hurt. Though That's the offices working. But the bigger goal was to the experience. So now I'm sitting there thinking about, well, I didn't really enjoy the experience. I enjoyed the experience. So let me, let me take that back. But it wasn't like if you told me we're going to go hike a mountain, I could spend years hiking different mountains. I love hiking. I love that kind of nature. This was kind of like, okay, this was great, but I don't know how many more times I want to go do it. Like I have to go do that. But the experience of overcoming and accomplishing the mission and being underwater and all that I discovered was so valuable. That's the thing I absolutely loved about entering into that world. And it was my, my point is the evangelists that were selling us on going diving of this wonderful experience. I didn't have that experience. I had a different experience that was awesome. And if I were to tell you about that experience, I would say it's worth getting your certification. It's worth going through the process, but not for the reason that, that they did. And I think that's where the instructor was don't, you, you don't want to listen to the evangelist that's just selling one idea all the time. Let me rephrase that. There's different evangelists to touch different things in different people's hearts. And I think sometimes the evangelist wants to sell you on their experience when you may not have that experience or have a desire for that experience, but there's something else within that world that you absolutely want to experience. And so, uh, it just showed me a lot, even how the offices run. And that's why some people connect with some people and other people don't connect. And you need all of them working in order to get you into that experience. It's funny because in, in certain 
circles, it, there's almost a lack of appreciation for the different offices and the different roles. To some to the extreme to where it's, I don't need church at all. I don't need anything at all. I don't even need a Bible. I just need to be alone with God and he'll tell me everything. Okay, sure, but no. Like there's, I, I think part of, oh man, this is going to sound so cliche. Part of my generation's issue was we were so liberated from the burden of tradition and formality and offices that we lost the appreciation for what they actually do and the meaning behind them. When you lose the appreciation for the work of the evangelist, the teacher, the pastor, and all these different roles, then you find you don't have anything to sustain you and to bring you to where you need to be and where you're supposed to go in the first place, or worse to bring other people into that in the first place. So just seeing that, I think it's such a great metaphor for it because it just shows there are so many different crucial roles to this entire thing. And they are there for a reason. Like they're not in the Bible just because they needed to fill up some chapters. And they're, they're all there to help get you into the water and experience the kingdom that is available to you. In this case, the underwater world, right? But the, the thing they can't do is make you go in the water. The thing they can't do is flip your flippers for you. The thing they can't do is to work through your fears. They can, they just, what their role is, is to facilitate so you can have the maximum experience in that new world. And I think we've, we've relegated a lot of our belief system, and it could be why people get frustrated, is we just master being on the boat. But, but we haven't mastered being in the water because now there's, there, there's a risk. It, it, it's you. And I, I thought even the picture of grace really stood out to me is that when we first did our training, the moment they handed us our gear, they qualified us. We were fully qualified to dive, like to, to start the process. We weren't certified yet, but we were qualified to go dive. We are graced to go into the water with the equipment. And they provided the gear. They provided everything we needed to have the experience that we were designed to have underwater. Limited, obviously, because we weren't designed to live underwater. But just go with the metaphor for a moment. When we didn't get halfway on the second day and they give us a scuba tank. We didn't get on the third day, okay, now they give us our flotation gear. They didn't on the first, they didn't just, we found, we had to go dive for flippers. You know, we didn't find the things we needed in the journey. We had, we were given everything necessary to start the journey. We were graced into that position, right? But you had to learn how to utilize and work with those things. And we would call those things rules or laws. But let me just tell you something, go underwater and just have a quote unquote grace experience that you could just do and be free to do whatever you want to do. Just try that. And you could be dead mm -hmm. because there is a functional rule 
that needs to be in place in order for you to have the maximum experience. Now, once you learn that functionality and you trust the instructor, it becomes natural to utilize those rules of how to be buoyant, how to in, how to stay at a certain level, how to equalize, how to breathe, how to deal with your mask when the if it fills with water while you're underwater, how to deal with if your one of your uh, regulators stops working, how to do all that. And and once you're free to do all that and you learn what the process is and you learn that experience and you go through that methodical, uh, we had to do that so many times of putting on the equipment, taking off the equipment, putting on the equipment, taking off the equipment. So you knew how it worked, how to test your air, how to check your buddy and you always went as a partner. So your buddy would check you to make sure everything was working and you swam with a buddy just in case and you had hands, all those things, right? So was it not grace because there was a bunch of rules? It's very rigid rules. Like there's just things you can't do while you're underwater. But then there's so many more things you can do once you understand the scope of those rules. And so I thought I, I really got a lot. This was my whole experience diving. I, I don't think I got much about what I saw underwater. But man, I got a lot about the whole experience being underwater because it was so different. Like it, you... You didn't even argue with what the rule was. Well, I want to breathe this way. Well, go ahead. You won't enjoy your experience, but you could go ahead and breathe that way. Try taking out your thing and saying, well, I don't really want this contraption in my mouth that hurts my teeth. Go ahead and pull it out. Don't have it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like all, all these functionalities became much more clearer that Jesus is taking us into a new kingdom, but it's different than the kingdom that we're in. And there's processes, there's rules. It's not it's not rules to make you qualified. And I think that's the big difference. It's rules so you can have the life experience that you were designed to have in that kingdom. But there's a different set of functionalities to make that work. And Do you that's, think that's do you think that's why Jesus, he would have these parables and these teachings on the kingdom of heaven is like, because he wasn't saying the kingdom of heaven is a free for all where you can do anything you want and it's fine and anything goes. He's actually setting up the vision or laying out, here's how it does work. So when you do get in the water, you're going to need an oxygen tank. You're going to need a mask. You're going to need these things because that's how it works. And we have this idea with some of us of, well, Jesus means anything goes. So I can just jump off the boat and swan dive into the water and swim around the bottom of the ocean for three days straight because that's that's what Jesus is, right? It's, it's not. Uh, I'm just going to put a little short comment of a proof that we have all the gear. First Corinthians 7, you are not lacking in any gift. For me. That's good. You got to be taking that out of context, though. I can't really mean that. Well, then let me ask you guys, based on what David just said, because that I, I know you're joking, Jason, but it is the most common. Well, come on. We this really is don't. why we need to do video so people can see my sarcastic face, because I've used it like five times in this episode <laughs> so far. Why is it that we don't think we have all that? Because we don't know how to use it and then it doesn't work. So we say it's we don't have it. Hmm. David, how did you just say that where something doesn't work and so we we jump to, oh, that must mean I don't have it. That is exactly what I said, yes. Well, I'm just, I'm thinking about that, and I think that's, 
man, that, that might be a whole different topic, but I feel like that's where so many people miss the whole point of things. Like, well, I, I prayed for a new car and God didn't give me a new car. So prayer doesn't work. I obviously don't have enough faith. I obviously don't have prayer or the Holy spirit. And you just kind of freak out about it when it's like, no, you just have no idea how to use this thing yet, but you can learn. Or it could be that we're, we're too comfortable watching the videos of the online sea life, watching everyone else do what we're supposed to do. Or we start these diving companies where the entire thing is the boat ride from the dock to the ocean and you never actually get in. You just get the thrill of the boat ride out there and then the exhilaration of the boat ride back. Repeat weekly. These are really great points. And it's just got me thinking even more of when we first learned, so it took three days to do just this basic stuff to do a, I don't know, was it 30 feet, 10 meters? About all we did? 20 meters. 20 meters. 18 to 20 meters for the dive. And each day we went a little further and a little further. But I do think it's very interesting is in each stage, even on the last day, it, it was hard learning how to utilize your tools. It was hard learning how to breathe properly because if you take, once you're balanced underwater, if you take too big of a breath, you start floating up. And if you let out, you, so you're, you have to learn how to breathe through your regulator so you're, you're, you're buoyant. Like if you take in too big a breath, obviously you're going to go up. But if you hold your breath, it'll burst your lungs if you go up too high because it expands. There's all these little functionalities, but once you learn how to do that, and I'm no, no master by any means, but you've started figuring, seeing how that worked. It took a process. It didn't happen on the first day. There's a lot of course correction through that whole first day of learning how to do it. And it's why they do, we have to do as many dives as you do to get just certified to dive. And that isn't like master and different things. I'm just talking about just the basics. And I, I'm wondering, we we don't we don't allow ourselves to be uncomfortable and your ears popping and a little bit moment of breathing too fast and you, okay, you got to calm your breath down. You got to relax. We, we don't practice that. And it takes some time and all the gifts are the same way. It just takes time. And if it doesn't work the first time, you don't just say, yeah, this doesn't work for me. No, it does. You're just, you need to, we need to work through something so it can become more natural. And maybe we just haven't allowed ourselves to get in the water and practice that. And how about you're believing for something that fails? Now go back and believe again and start talking to God. What am, what am I doing? What is going on that I'm missing it? Where do I need to grow in? Where do I need to be more competent in? Where do I need to utilize the tools you've given me in a manner that will, that so I can operate in those things that you have given me? I mean, we're, like if we pray for someone who's sick and they die, immediately God doesn't heal. Well, that's kind of ridiculous. There's some things we have to learn, right? So then you go at it again. Well, God said this, so God, now what do I do next time? And he starts teaching you processes through that until all of a sudden it, it clicks and you're like, oh. And then even that, he goes, but don't stop there. 
we're still going to, there's some areas to grow. Let's, let's continue to develop that. Right. So just like any skill, you develop it, any gift, you develop it and you have to keep using it. We want to use it once as a magic potion. And then it, if it doesn't work properly, we're done. But just even the diving, even in the, in the three days of diving, I'm by far, I, I am now an absolute professional, lowest ranking amateur. I would say that is my qualification. I, I am it, but I got in there and started, but I'm nothing like my dive instructor and what he could do and, and where, where he can go and how he can experience. I'm not even close, but that's what's available. But he has the same gifts. He has the same tools. He has the same equipment. I'm using his equipment. So it's not the equipment. It's not what's been given to us. It's the time we've spent at doing it. So what I'm hearing you say is that there's far too many Christians out there snorkeling, being willing to dive in, but then not willing to have the perseverance and patience to actually go deep. Mm. Not willing to study and hear, but instead when you when you want something, you'll dive in and you'll and you'll go right out. Well, let me throw this out there. Isn't it fine to snorkel because I'm I'm still in the water? And you're getting sunburnt. And you're not seeing the full picture. I think that's a problem for a lot of people, though. Like it, a genuine heart problem where it. So what if I don't really see the whole picture or or go deep with things? I'm technically in, you know, from a Christian standpoint, I prayed the prayer. So I'm in from a natural standpoint, you know, I'm I'm doing OK. I'm getting by. So why would I, you know. I can see things from here. It's fine. Maybe we could put it without, because it could easily become condemning that, oh, you're just not deep enough. You're just a shallow Christian. Mm -hmm. Let's just put it, let's just put it this way. You're usually utilizing things that have been given, the snorkel, the mask, and the flippers. But you're not experiencing everything that has been given to you. So as a snorkeler, don't create a framework that yours is the world and underneath is only for a special few. It's available for everyone. You've just chosen to stay at the top and God loves you. And you're in, you're in the water, you're moving around, you're, you're experiencing, you're seeing a new world, but don't use that as the framework that that is the world. Well, and doesn't, doesn't it also change a bit when we realize the idea of being born again and born into the kingdom? It means you're not, you're no longer supposed to live as if you are this. You're supposed to live as if you are this. Like the water is your home now. Like the kingdom of heaven is your home now. That's, that's all that you are. Not that you have a passport into the kingdom of heaven and so you can visit it in eternity. Cause at the beginning when we were talking about like different teachers and everything and how like we're listening to all these different teachers, but are they really leading us to God and like certain teachers, like, because there's all these other voices and you need to listen to like the one voice. And I don't know why it just reminded me of Job because there's all these other voices in Job that are like talking to him saying why all these things aren't right in his life and all this stuff. And then along comes, 
I forgot his name and I was trying to read it because I haven't read Job in a long time but like after he gives this whole like talks to Job about everything then God answers Job and so I was thinking about like it's like with everything with the dive analogy um like how we can listen to all these other voices and they can be saying like oh it's because you're not doing this right, like, or you're not using these tools, right? All these different things. I'm not sure if this is really working with the Job thing. I think it was more distraction from the beginning, but like how that can lead us in the wrong direction. But if we listen to the one who knows how to use the tools and stuff, then we'll understand it. And then like what you were saying with um, disappointment or like thinking like God hasn't really given me what I need because we don't know how to use it. Like even Job's, some of his assumptions were, well, I'm experiencing this because God is doing this wrong, but he needed someone to come along and say like, no, this is like, God is always right. I don't know. I was trying to, I was kind of distracted by that. So no, I, you're onto the right thing. I, I think that all fits together is you had three voices that were giving their view, their opinion of a, of, what is happening and and how to be better. And then you have one come along and said, you're all wrong. And he's the only one who wasn't rebuked by God, by the way, said, you're mm-hmm. all wrong. And he basically was telling Job, you need to recognize you're, you're, there's things in you that you're, you don't see, and you need to recognize you don't see them. And then it was shortly thereafter that God reveals and said, who are you that are even talk your dark, your words are just like, you have this counsel that is just dark. You don't even know me. And then at the end, remember Job says, now I see. My eyes have seen him. And everything changed once he saw who God was. And I I think that's just a great picture of that one. The one teacher comes along, the, the young man, and brings Job to the place that he gets to see who God is. Mm-hmm. The other mm-hmm. three almost were pulling him away, even though they're trying to help, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's how, like with the whole diving analogy, it's like, once you can finally have like your certification given, then how much deeper can you go? Like how much more certifications can you get to go a certain depth? Because now you've at least had this starting point. So I think like, I know in my life, what I've seen a lot is that like, in the past when I've been disappointed because it didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to with God, then I kind of let that hold me back from like ever trying again or like even considering, okay, what was the lessons in that and learning and stuff and being scared because like, like with your experience, like my ears might pop or something like that. So it's like, I think, a lot of times fear and apathy are the things that hold us back from trying again. And so figuring out how to get past those things, because there is so much more that it's worth the cost of like trying to figure out how to get past those things that have happened in the past that are really not as big of a deal, even necessarily. And we're just missing out on what's happening now. A verse this, this kind of reminded me of in first John two, um, three through six it says now by this we know that we are in him if we keep his commandments he who says i know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him but whoever keeps his word truly the love of god is perfected in him 
By this we know that we are in him. He who says he, he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. And I was thinking it like with this an analogy here with um, the instructor teaching you how to dive. Others should see the instructor's imprint on your life and how you dive. And if they don't see that, then maybe there's a different instructor in there. And I think that's something to think of too when we're when we are evaluating others and leaders and mentors in your life. Do you see the imprint of God in their life? I I was just again, I we had a great instructor, and his job was not to put the attention on him. It wasn't about him. Actually, the best part of the experience was is you started being able to function without having to just to watch every detail. Like he was there observing you but you were having that experience now at the end. And I, it was an interesting little transition for within the, you know, within the, the, the scope of where we were at in our training, we now could do what we just enjoy on that last, the last dive. And it was really kind of a, the really just a, a neat metaphor. I learned, I learned so much from that. And maybe that's just the way I'm wired. I get more out of the whole experience and what I learned than I actually do about the thing that I'm actually seeing, but there's just so much in that. But I want to—I I do want to say—we absolutely need teachers and pastors in all the offices, or Jesus wouldn't have given to them to us. But remember, the goal is for us to have an experience with Jesus. It's not for us to have an experience with the pastor. It's not for us to have an experience with the prophet. It's not for us to have the experience with the evangelist. They have roles that help get us to the experience with. The source of life. That's that's the purpose, and I think we lose that because just like you, uh, I think Tommy, you said that we just want to kind of just look at it, and we're okay with just watching the videos. We settle for that, and then we say, "Okay, I'm doing my part because I saw the video." Yeah, I saw what the underwater. I, I saw what it looks like underwater. You know, it it's not that. That's not the same thing because it's not even about how you see it. It could be the same. It's about how you're able to interact with it, which changes everything. But I would say that also watching the videos and studying the videos is great for when you're in the water because then you know what to look for. Then you know kind of the layout, the map, but it doesn't beat the experience of being in the water. And I think that's ultimately what we're trying to convey is that, yes, you do need to study. You need to learn from others experiences and kind of get that roadmap but nothing will be being actually in the journey and being able to discover your own things within the journey to teach others along the way yeah i think it's just a matter of understanding and calling things what they are watching the video is watching the video it's not being in the water in the same way when we talk about you know uh, the difference between an emotional song and the spirit moving in like a church service on a Sunday, the emotion of the music is not the spirit. They are two different things. They can happen at the same time, but you just need to know what is what, what is emotion, what is logistic or logical reasoning, what is the spirit, and just knowing what things are and calling them what they are. Well, I would say too is I love military history. I love war movies. Uh, I, I love all that. But for me to say, and for me to explain to you what war is like, I would be naive. I can give you facts, 
I can give you logistics. I could give you information, but I've never heard a bomb blow up next to me. I've never had a friend of mine shot next to me. I've never, I've never, I, I haven't had the trauma or the, the conflict while I was observing that. So I am not qualified to speak what it would be like to be in war. There is an element that you have to get into the water to be qualified to speak to certain things. You could speak about it. You can give information about it. You could give parameters about it. You could give paradigms about it. But you haven't experienced uh, the conflict and when your gun jams and when your friend's getting shot and when you're ambushed. And then you have visibility problems. Like even underwater, it's easy to watch a movie about aquariums because they do the big IMAX and you could have this whole scene. But when you're really looking through two little specs like you have all these blind spots you can't everybody's seeing things but you don't see everything everybody else is seeing because you have blind spots within your goggles so it's just it's just completely different and so i think that the encouragement for people to get into the water without defining what their exact experience is going to be in the water but you can give them the scope of how to be safe some of the things that will keep them uh to have the maximum experience within that water. And I think that's where the gifts come from. That's the maximum experience within the water. But the functionality and the interaction, you will not understand. You can't just read about it. You have to read it, do it, and then keep coming back around till you start, it becomes a part of you. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost sounds like what people really need for this, like, the teacher, all those different offices are great, but is really like the role of a father because in that it's like, like me thinking about when have I experienced like a similar experience that in my life is like when you ride a bike, it's like your dad will throw training wheels on it for you and even like hold the bike with you and kind of help push you off and let you go. And then, you know, you know, he's still there to catch you. And then eventually it's like taking the training wheels off and like you can see him ride his bike and all that and it's kind of like this experience of like you know like you're being trained in it but he's still like pushing you off and letting go for a second and you have to like go out and you know ride the bike or like when you're like diving it's like you know the diving instructor's there he's giving you everything you need to do it and even the way he like got you to get into the water where it's like inviting you to do it but not like saying like hey it's either you do this or you're not gonna be able to be dive certified and like threatening and fearing it's like that almost sounds like the role of like how a dad who is a good dad will like draw you into experiences in life from my experience especially like is like with anything throughout life it's like being invited in to be a part of it and like there's encouragement there and there's like the safety there but it's still like you're still taking steps out past the safety but there's still like you know the person there who knows more than you is still going to have your back. So it almost sounds like it's like, that's like what a father does. So if you can find somebody who can disciple you like a father would in your life, I think that would even help even more because, and I mean, God is your father. So whole, like he's the perfect version of the ultimate one to like do those steps. But that's like, makes it a lot easier to get in the water because like a father is going to be stronger than you. And you know, being able to protect you and also know more than you from life experience. So it's like all these different things are elements of all 
that are part of like somebody being your father, I think. I always have something to say, but I'll just save it for another podcast. <laughs> that should be our intro line for every episode. I'll just, let me just uh, leave. Caleb, what you just said is really powerful. And again, we need all the offices because that's what, what God said we need for our perfecting and our, our growing. But the spirit of a father is the one, like you just said, he draws us into. Like, I just think of Peter when he's getting out of the boat to go see Jesus. He's walking on the water. Just, just ponder that for a moment. Forget that he sank. We love focusing on the problem. We like to find a way to just bring down someone who steps up. That's our old fallen nature. He's walking on the water. He's in a new world. And Jesus says, just focus on me. And as long as he did, he didn't sink. And we just, just think of it. That's the father. It was an invitation out. But we're, the other disciples didn't get to experience that. They didn't get to experience that, that, that drawing out in that moment. And it was available to all of them. But only one chose to step out into that. And I think God does that with us. Like even with the dive, there's a drawing out that there's something to experience under here. But I can't tell you exactly what that experience is going to be because it's going to be different for everybody. But just come out and, and you're, you're kind of fluttering through that. And it's like he doesn't always tell you exactly what to experience when you're under there. He just wants you into that. And I'm going to start pulling you further and further. And I, I like that. And I like that, that picture, because that's what a father does. I don't know. Psychologists have proven that the first, the first experience that when we've grown up as a kid, you grow up in a home, you're nurtured, you're taken care of, you're, you're mothered. But the first experience a child has of what the world is like outside of the home is from the father. And he's the first one to invite you out of the home into a different world. And I, I think that picture ties in really well, Caleb. A closing thought for me would be um, going back to the verse that I, I shared earlier. Um, whoever claims to live in him must walk as he walked. I would say if you're out there and you were in a similar situation as I was when I heard that the first time of being a Christian but not really living it, I would encourage you to step out and realize that what you read in the Bible is actually meant for you and that you're actually supposed to live out what it says and that Jesus's life of fun and adventure is actually meant for you as well. And that the Bible isn't just old and boring, but it's fun and full of adventure and that that's all there for you if you're willing to step out. Yeah, I 100% agree with Tommy. I think that's a great point because after listening to this, like you don't want to go like, oh, that sounds great for them. Like, or you hear about the diving experience, like that was cool for them to go diving. And 
that will literally do nothing for you. You actually have to go and at least get out there and do something. And so I think whatever small step you can see in your life that you can take, like even the smallest step, it doesn't matter how small the step is, like just just go do it and go like actively see like what does God want me to go do? Like what like is it diving? Is it you you know what I mean by the metaphor metaphorically or maybe literally like God wants you to literally just go on an adventure like diving so that he can teach you and show you something like he did with Brian. And I think like God wants to do that every day with us in our lives so we can experience more and understand more of him. So yeah, great point, Tommy. I'm going to read this verse to kind of close it up and it might seem a little out of place, but I hope you guys connect it here. It's from Luke 12, 32. It just says, fear not little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I think a lot of times what holds people back is the fear of the unknown with all of this and can I actually make it? What's it going to be like? Are things going to happen? And that's one of the greatest encouragements that I found is it's not even just that God is with me in the whole journey. It's that he loves bringing me into this kingdom. Like it gives him joy, not to throw me into something, but to bring me into the kingdom and show me how to operate in it. And that to me is incredibly encouraging. I hope it is to you guys too. I hope you got something out of this episode. If you didn't listen back to it again, because the second time is the charm as they say, but we appreciate you guys tuning in until next time. Keep the faith and stay in the fight.